0: Personally, I haven't been in this position in a while, and because of my injury, it's kind of, you know, hit us, hit our team, you know, and I didn't, obviously, we would love to have the success where I was out but we didn't, and this is where we is right now, so, you know, I'm going to be a little bit different, um, a little bit earlier than than I would like to be.
1: In-go, 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 in-go. Welcome to the Low Post. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. Tonight, I'll be flying solo as I usher you into the Lakers' third act of the season. Their playoff push, their last stand, gave Tommy and Alan uh, the week off. Hope everybody had a great NBA All-Star weekend. Kudos to Cal Kuzma for winning Rising Stars MVP. Kudos to LeBron James for really ramping it up and leading his team LeBron to the victory, aided by Kevin Durant, of course. And yeah, hopefully you had a great three-day weekend. If you got work off, hopefully you were able to get some rest in, do some errands, get what you needed to get done done, and uh, hopefully you're refreshed and rejuvenated for this final third for the Lakers. I know there's been a lot of apprehension, a lot of frustration prior to this break, but Now that we've had the opportunity to take a step back, uh, forget about basketball for a little bit. Uh, Forget about that dunk contest, first of all. Um, And now, yeah, we've been without basketball, specifically Lakers basketball, for almost a week. And I think we're finally ready to see if the Lakers can walk the walk. So far, they've been saying all the right things. LeBron James, especially, in practice today, saying that he's ready to turn up and bring in playoff LeBron sooner than expected. We'll see what that looks like, and we'll see how true a statement that'll be. But I am looking forward to playoff LeBron. I'm looking forward to Super Saiyan, Supernova LeBron James, because we've only seen it about, I don't know, four or five times this season. Uh, Him just really going off and taking control and taking the reins and putting the team on his back. Even though he's, for the majority of the games this season, put the team on his back, he's done so in a very coasty kind of way. So I'm looking forward to seeing the LeBron James that just keeps his foot on the gas pedal and has some of those historic... Instead of seeing LeBron James do his typical roll out of bed and get a 25-8-7, hopefully we see more of the... 42 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists sort of games from LeBron James, where it's undeniable that he is once again the best player in the league. So tonight's episode, I'm going to try and keep it as no frills and with very little fluff and exposition as possible. I just want to go through the Lakers' remaining 25 games, break it down with you guys, and also... Place that in comparison with the Sacramento Kings schedule and the Los Angeles Clippers schedule because those are the two teams that the Lakers are going to be chasing to get into the eighth spot and maybe the seventh spot. So, if we're thinking about the seventh spot, we'll also dive a little bit into the San Antonio Spurs as well. But my primary focus is just making the playoffs. I know that's scary because the Golden State Warriors await in that number one spot. And I don't think the Denver Nuggets will end up overtaking them to close the season. So I think they're pretty much planted in that number one spot. But we'll worry about the Warriors when we get to that. The Lakers just have to think about and focus on making the playoffs, even if it is a first-round bout against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Before we get into any more of um, my schedule breakdown with the Lakers... As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and interview us on iTunes because the more you rate and interview us, that is how many additional pounds we will tack on to LeBron James' alleged weight gain during his time off as he was rehabbing his groin injury. So. I think we're at 280 pounds, right? Which LeBron kind of joked about today. So the more you rate and review us, that's how many additional pounds we'll tack on to that number just so it sounds even more hilarious. So 320-pound LeBron James, we are ready for you. So please rate and review us for that hilarious reason. Also, patreon.com slash thelakerslegacypodcast. If you would be so willing to donate a dollar, $2, $3, even if it's just a one-time donation, that would really help us out a lot. Also, thank you for those who have recently rated and reviewed. We finally got past the 300 mark hump on iTunes, and that's a huge milestone for us, even though it took us almost like three months to get there. Uh, We're not ashamed to say that. I'm just glad we're over the 300 hump. So 400, here we come. Lastly, this weekend, February 22nd, if you have nothing to do, actually, even if you have something to do, Please go to the theaters and check out DreamWorks Animations, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. It comes out in North America this weekend. I have some friends who worked on this movie and did some matte painting background environmental effects on it. And let me tell you, the improvement in animation technology, even from the second movie, which came out back in 2014, is astounding. And the second movie was already visually dazzling and gorgeous to look at. And this final chapter of the How to Train Your Dragon series is even more so that. And if you're a fan of the How to Train Your Dragon series, I don't think you'll be disappointed in how they wrap things up. It's a little bit predictable, but I think the execution of how they close this chapter about a boy and his friendship with this pet dragon, I think was very beautifully done. And I think a lot of fans will leave the theater satisfied. And if nothing else, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous film with some moments that will really have you have your mouth wide open and uh, gaping in amazement. So definitely check out How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. We are hoping that for the Lakers, the playoffs is not the hidden world and that they will find it and they will thrive. All right, with that said, let's get into the Lakers' schedule. So they have 25 games left. Depending on when you listen to this, they have 25 or 24 games left. The Lakers are currently 28-28. In 29 10th place in the West they are currently two games behind the ninth place Kings three games behind the eighth place Clippers and only two losses behind both of those teams as the Clippers and Kings both have 27 losses the Clippers stand at 32 and 27 the Kings at 30 and 27 and then in seventh place the San Antonio Spurs are at 33 and 26 so they're really only three losses behind the San Antonio Spurs so I just wanted to compare all three of these team schedules and maybe tack on the San Antonio Spurs as well at the end and just look at what the Lakers have in front of them, the task they have in front of them as they enter into this home stretch. And we hope that they can sort of cull up this rallying cry for the team, the city of Los Angeles. And I think there's a lot riding on LeBron James' willing this team into the playoffs, especially as there's been so much noise with the Rich Paul-Anthony Davis-clutch mismanagement of things at the trade deadline. LeBron James kind of parading about that Space Jam will start filming this summer. You don't want to go into the summer filming Space Jam 2 in Los Angeles not having made the playoffs at the very least for the Los Angeles Lakers. At least that's my opinion. I don't know what LeBron James is thinking. Everything he's said thus far makes it seem like he's up to the task and more. So I'm looking forward to that. But I do think that, yes, there's a lot at stake for LeBron James' legacy here, even though some people might not think so. And some people might say, he's just going to rest. He's just going to see what he can do. He'll probably go 80% and see if that will be enough to make the playoffs. I do think if I'm LeBron James, I will be thinking more deeply at how this could impact my relationship with Los Angeles and the fans that live here who are already kind of dubious at his first year and his arrival here. So so I do think there's a lot at stake, whether LeBron James realizes it or not. But yes, Space Jam 2 without playoffs is a is a no-go. With that said, the Lakers stand at 28-29. and 29. This is the exact spot and record that the Lakers had during the Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, now this is going to be fun Lakers season. And in that season, Kobe infamously tore his Achilles dragging the Lakers' lifeless body to the playoffs and essentially willing them to a 45-37 and record by the end of it, uh, helping them get to 7th place in the West where they face the San Antonio Spurs. And if the Lakers can somehow get to 7th place this year and get that first-round bout with the Denver Nuggets, then LeBron James will have done well. And so we're hoping he can sort of Will the Lakers, just as Kobe Bryant did, except minus the tearing Achilles part, obviously. If LeBron James tears his Achilles or gets some sort of career-altering injury, I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air sometimes singing Tayo Cruz. So yes, the Lakers ended up 45-37. and 37. In order to get to the playoffs, this is the run that they had to go on. So in March, they were 9-6. and six. I think the Lakers will have to do a little better than that. But in April, they closed the season 7-1. and one. So, essentially, they ended the season 16-7, and seven with 23 games left. If the Lakers can approximate that sort of close, I think they'll have a decent chance to push it over the edge and sneak into the 8th spot. I don't think that that'll be enough for the 7th spot, but if the Lakers can close the season on that sort of pace which in my eyes is kind of a middling sort of pace, I think that'll be enough to get them in the ballpark. And from there, LeBron James should, like I said, push it over the edge. All right, so delving deeper into the schedule, I'm going to kind of give you a lay of the land between us, the Kings, and the Clippers, starting with what the next few games for each team looks like, just because I think getting off on the right start to begin this post all-star break session, I think is very important. So for the Lakers, obviously they play the Houston Rockets at home tomorrow night or tonight. And then they play in new Orleans against the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Maybe we'll see if he sits. And then after that, we play in Memphis against the Grizzlies. And then we play at home versus the Pelicans. So, Outside of the Houston Rockets game, these next four games for the Lakers are against tanking teams. They need to win at least three out of those first four. I think they're going to lose that Houston Rockets game, although they do get up for the bigger games and it's a rematch between Rondo and Chris Paul and... LeBron James is I'm sure primed and ready to show that early playoff LeBron is about to make an appearance so we'll see how that goes they may actually steal that one but regardless of where the win comes these next four games the Lakers need to win at least 3 out of 4 if not all four of them if they do that that'll put them at 31 and 30 or 32 and 29 now the Sacramento Kings who are at 30 and 27 currently their next game is in Golden State against the Warriors which is great news for the Lakers. After that, they play in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. Then they go to Minnesota and play against the Timberwolves. They round it out after that with a home game against the Bucks and a home game against the Clippers where we can experience some cannibalization in our favor. So I think in that five-game stretch for the Sacramento Kings, that's a tough stretch to go against the Warriors, Oklahoma City, and even Minnesota all away. And then right when they come back, they have to face Team Giannis and the Bucks. And then after that game, they have to play against the Clippers, who presumably would still kind of be fighting for a playoff spot. And at that point, even if they win that game, that helps our cause, because we're also fighting against the Clippers. But regardless of how you shake it, the Kings' first four games coming out of this All-Star break are about as tough as you could imagine or about as tough as you'd hope for as a Lakers fan. So, let's say that in that stretch maybe they win two games at most, I think. Maybe they win the the Clippers game and the Minnesota game. So, they'd probably be 2 and 3 or 1 and 4 coming out of the All-Star break. And if that happens, they'll be 31 and 31 and the Lakers will essentially be tied with the Sacramento Kings if the Lakers can just do their job and win the first three out of their four. So once the Lakers are, are at an even playing field with the Sacramento Kings, I think that'll that'll hopefully just get them on the right track. And then hopefully from there, it's off to the races. Uh, the Clippers, on the other hand, they are five games above five hundred, thirty two 32 and 27. The first few games they have coming out of the break, they play the Memphis Grizzlies next at home. They should probably win that. Then they play at Denver, or in Denver, against the Nuggets. The next game after that is a back-to-back versus the Dallas Mavericks, and the Dallas Mavericks are going to play at Staples Center, but it's a back-to-back, so that that should favor the Lakers if they want a Clippers loss there. After the Dallas Mavericks game, then they go to Utah and face the Jazz, and then we have that cannibalization game against the Kings. So the Clippers' first five games, I would say they lose to the Denver Nuggets in Denver, I'd say they probably lose back-to-back against the Dallas Mavericks because the Dallas Mavericks are also kind of in the playoff hunt. Then they have to go to Utah and play play Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, and Rudy Gobert. So I think that's a loss as well. So I think they have three guaranteed losses, and depending on what happens in that Kings game, the Clippers could essentially be 33-31 and after their first five games out of the All-Star break, or maybe 34-30 and if everything goes well. The Sacramento Kings on the other hand, if they lose the first 4 out of their if they lose 4 out of their first 5 and their one win coming against the Clippers, they would be at 31 and 31. The Lakers if they win 3 out of their first 4 or all 4 out of the gate, including that Houston Rockets game, would be at 31 and 30 or 32 and 29 in the best case scenario. And at that point, if they somehow win their first 4 games out of the gate, the Lakers will essentially have overtaken the Kings at that point. And would be leading the Clippers in terms of losses. The Clippers would have 30 or 31 losses. And the Lakers would be at 29 losses. Obviously they play the Bucks right after this sort of easy stretch. Where they play the Pelicans, Grizzlies, and then Pelicans again. But at that point, the Lakers should be gaining some momentum. And should start humming along. And and finding a rhythm together as a team. So, all in all, not too bad. But I do think this start out of the gate... For the Lakers is crucial. So they need to start off with a bang and take that momentum from Kyle Kuzma's Rising Stars MVP and LeBron James' stellar play in the All Star game and uh, really kick it into overdrive, take no prisoners, put whatever cliche phrase you want here. And at the end of the day, the Lakers just need to do the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? So breaking down the schedules a little bit further, the Lakers play the Kings once more at home. The Lakers play the Clippers twice more. In one of those games, the Clippers play the Lakers off of back-to-back with the Knicks. So, hopefully the Clippers will be even more tired. I mean, the Clippers are trying to keep their pick at this point. So, if the Lakers can't beat the Clippers, a team that... Look, I know they have Lou Williams, I know they have Danilo Gallinari, and... Landry Shamet's been playing well, and of course, Ivica Zubac, who I, I still can't, I can't get over that trade. But having said that, they are also a team that, if they make the playoffs, their pick this year, their first round pick, which will still land in the number sixteen to seventeen range, that pick is going to the Boston Celtics. So it would behoove the Clippers to to miss the playoffs, keep their pick, and if they want to try and go after Anthony Davis, or if they get Kawhi Leonard in free agency package their lotto pick with some other assets to get another star, it would behoove them to have their own pick this year. So the Lakers just need to make sure that they take care of business with their two games against the Clippers. They need a win out with their one game against the Kings at home. They definitely need to win that one. And then they have a freebie game with the Clippers and Kings playing each other on March 1st for that cannibalization dynamic. With regards to back-to-backs, the Lakers have four remaining back-to-back games. Um, here's how they shake out. Their first back-to-back game, they play the Milwaukee Bucks at home, and then the second game is against the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix. With regards to how back-to-backs work, that's not a bad tandem, because on the second night of their back-to-back, they play the Phoenix Suns, a uh, another tanking team and one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. So the Lakers... If they're somehow able to beat the Bucs, they should be able to beat the Phoenix Suns. Or even if they lose to the Bucs, they should win their next game against the Phoenix Suns. Their second back-to-back pair is a little bit tougher. It's uh, in Toronto, and then the night after that, they're at Detroit. So I'll be happy if the Lakers just split that pair. Their third back-to-back pairing is against the Washington Wizards at home. They should win that game, and by that time, the Wizards should be out of the playoff run. And then the second night, they're in Utah against the Jazz. Um, They will likely lose that game against the Jazz. It's always really tough to play away in Utah. So if they can get a split there, that's great. Their last and final back-to-back pairing is against the Golden State Warriors at home. And then the second night, they're away playing the Clippers at Staples Center. So at the very least, they should split that as well. So the remaining four back-to-back games, I have the Lakers going... At the very least, splitting all of those and going four and four. Best case scenario, they go five and three. We'll see. Looking at the Sacramento Kings back-to-back schedule, they have four back-to-back games remaining. It's a lot tougher, in my opinion, than what the Lakers have to face. Their first set comes against the Boston Celtics in Boston. The game after that, directly after that, is in Philadelphia against the Sixers. So that is a brutal back-to-back. I presume that they would lose both of those games. Then they play the Phoenix Suns at home. The second night after that, they play us, the Lakers, at Staples Center. So the fact that we get the Kings on our one matchup against them to close out the season and we're getting them on the second night of a back-to-back definitely helps and we have to have to take advantage of that. So they'll probably win the Phoenix game. Their next set right after that, back-to-back-wise, is against the Houston Rockets in Houston. And then the night after that, they play the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. So that is another brutal back-to-back set. Um, Their last back-to-back set happens against the Cleveland Cavaliers at home. That should be a win. But the night after that, they play in Utah against the Jazz. So I think out of that entire set, they have two wins. So they'll probably be two two and six in their back-to-back sets while I had the Lakers going 500. So even in that regard, I think the Lakers have the edge there against the Kings. The Clippers, on the other hand, with regards to their back-to-back sets, they also have four remaining. Really quickly, they play at Denver. Night after that, they play against Dallas. Their second pairing is a little bit easier. They play the New York Knicks, and then they play us at Staples Center. So the Lakers have to win that one, like I mentioned. But at least we get the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back, even though they're still at home. Their Their third set is against the Boston Celtics at home, and then the night after that, they're still at home, but they play the Portland Trailblazers, so that's a pretty tough set. Their last back-to-back bout is a little bit easier, probably the easiest that any of these teams have in terms of back-to-backs. They play the Cleveland Cavaliers and then the Memphis Grizzlies immediately following that. I have them winning in this back-to-back stretch. They probably win three or four games, so about 500 like the Lakers. Just analyzing now how many quote-unquote easy wins each team has, and I I classify easy wins by looking at the teams with a 500 record or worse. The Lakers, in their last 25 games, have what I would call 14 easy wins. Uh, They play against the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, they play against the Pelicans a second time. They play against the Phoenix Suns. They play against the Clippers, who I'm categorizing as an easy win and at 500 or or below because I presume that they would continue to slide. And also the Lakers just have to take advantage of that game. They play the Bulls. They play the Detroit Pistons. They play the New York Knicks in New York. They play the Brooklyn Nets for a revenge game against all-star D'Angelo Russell. Big props to him, by the way. They play the Sacramento Kings, which is a must-win game. They play the Washington Wizards, the Charlotte Hornets, And they play the Pelicans for a third time, actually, in New Orleans. And then they play the Clippers a second time, another must-win. So all in all, those are 14 quote-unquote easy wins. I don't expect the Lakers to win all of those games. So let's say they win maybe 11 or 12 of those. The Kings have 12 of those sort of wins. They play the Clippers, New York, New York, the Washington Wizards, Chicago, the Nets, the Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix, Mavs, the New Orleans Pelicans, Cleveland Cavaliers and the New Orleans Pelicans again. Now obviously I understand that the Brooklyn Nets have a 500 record but I'm going to consider them in this group of quote unquote easy wins so they have 12 of those the Clippers on the other hand only have 10 quote unquote easy wins they play the Mavs, Sacramento the New York Knicks, the Chicago Bulls the Brooklyn Nets Cleveland Cavaliers, New York Knicks Minnesota Timberwolves, Cleveland again and the Memphis Grizzlies so even if we look at All of these teams and their opponents, I feel like the Lakers have a larger crop of winnable games that if they are bringing the effort that night and if LeBron James has turned on playoff LeBron early on, then there's no excuses for losing against these sort of teams. So just to cut to the chase here, and I know I've been a little disorganized and just throwing out a bunch of team names and you probably get lost in the shuffle of all that, and I apologize. But just to summarize things and give give you a cleaner outlook on what everything I just uh, babbled about means or how I sort of piece everything together, my low-end prediction of how the Lakers will end these last 25 games is I have them going, and I want to qualify this by saying if the Lakers just ho-hum go through the rest of their season and LeBron James is at 80%, and we don't really see that bang-out run that we're looking for, that super hot streak, I still have the Lakers going about 16-9 to close their season, and that would have them finishing at 44-38. and 38. Now, on the surface, 44-38 and 38 doesn't sound like it would be enough wins to get you into the playoffs. But at this point, we know who the Lakers are fighting against. It's the Clippers or the Kings. So all they have to do... At the end of the day, is to just be better than those teams in this final stretch and final run. And because I'm biased, I looked at the Kings' remaining schedule, and what I came out with was I have them going about 10 and 15, maybe 11 and 14. And in that scenario, they would only be about 41 and 41 to end their season. And obviously, the Lakers would have a better record than them and supplant them by taking that eighth spot. The Clippers, on the other hand, I have them going 10 and 13 the rest of the way with their remaining 23 games, which should get them to about 42 and 40, a record of 42 and 40. And even if the Kings or the Clippers somehow beat my estimation, which they obviously can because I'm biased and let's say they're at 42 or 43 wins, I think if it gets to be that close, then LeBron is just really going to kick it into overdrive with the final few remaining games for the Lakers' schedule. Even if they're playing the Jazz and the Trailblazers to close their season out, I think LeBron is going to do whatever it takes to win those two games and uh, push us over the edge. So so yeah, I think that's the lay of the land. I'm hoping that the Lakers somehow beat my ho-hum middling 16-9 and close to this season I think what they really need to feel good about themselves going into the playoffs even as an eighth seed against the Golden State Warriors is for them to just really go on a hot streak really go on a run and if they can go 18 and 7 instead that would give the Lakers a 46 and 36 record one win more than the now-this-is-going-to-be-fun season, 10 games over 500, and I think that would give the Lakers the momentum boost they need heading into the playoffs. So let's hope that playoff LeBron is real. Let's hope Josh Hart gets healthy. I'm excited to watch Reggie Bullock play and drain some threes off of LeBron's brilliant passes. I'm excited for Kyle Kuzma to just start hitting more of his wide-open threes and really come into this last stretch, and it may be his last stretch as a Laker, playing freely and not giving an F and showing people what he's made of. And obviously, Brandon Ingram, I'm excited to see how he continues to mesh with LeBron James more and more and continues to up his defense and be that octopus-like pest that just harasses offensive players left and right, and as we've been seeing continues his efficiency in the mid-range and just efficiency overall continues to hit his free throws i am obviously very 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 hopeful and excited to see lonzo ball to see lonzo ball back and playing on the court for that final push and most of all i just want to see the lakers young guns play in the playoffs even if they end up losing to the golden state warriors and let's say they only win two games, if the young guys can have even just one or two games where they play decently well for games that matter, I think that will go a long way for this team. Whether that means as trade chips and showing people just how valuable these guys are, because as we know, the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, have been riding the coattails of their own playoff brilliance or Not playoff brilliance, but riding the coattails of just their playoff experience and and doing decently well in their first outing. There's been a premium on them because of that. And because none of the Lakers' young guys have had that opportunity, we can say all we want. Well, if they just had the opportunity, they would play well, but that's not what other teams are looking for. They want to know the real deal, if these guys can actually perform when the limelight is on and the games actually matter. And we need to see those tangible games happen for these guys, which is why I think making the playoffs is so paramount for Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, even Mo Wagner, because we'll likely be keeping him after we make some sort of crazy superstar deal. But even if we keep these guys, just having that playoff experience will go a long ways away in making sure that we are building a contending team Not only for LeBron James, but for the Lakers' legacy to come even after LeBron James hangs it up. Which, according to him, is not going to happen till he's 42. So, let's go. Homestretch. I'm ready. Hopefully it's lit. I'm kind of still in that apprehensive mode of, I've been so bogged down by this season that... I still have a very skeptical eyebrow raised to how this season will close and end. And even hearing all this stuff about LeBron James, I've, I've fallen into that trap over and over again, where I've believed the best out of things, saw things glass half full, and it's kind of bit me in the butt. So I'm a little apprehensive in embracing fully the litness that is to come. But having said that, when the games start and should we win that first game against the Houston Rockets, then yes, I am here to witness the litness. Please, LeBron James, carry us home. Cal Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. Now is the time. This could be your last run as Lakers. You too, Luke Walton, shore up your rotations. Stagger, stagger, stagger. Let's get it done. I'm ready. It's lit. Lakers legacy. We'll be back for more fun. And, um, Thank you guys for listening. I hope that was somewhat informative just looking at the three other team schedules. I know I said I'd talk about the Spurs. The Spurs are 33-26. They have 23 games left. Look, the Lakers are only two losses away from them. Looking at their schedule, though, I, I do think that uh, they have an easier schedule than any of the teams that I've, I've mentioned above, including the Lakers. Their next five are against Toronto, in Toronto, against New York, against Brooklyn, against Detroit against Oklahoma City and against Denver. Maybe they go 3-3 three and three there. Out of their next 23 games, 12 out of their final 23 are against 500-ish or above teams, so about half. And unfortunately, the close to their season is against the Washington Wizards, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Dallas Mavericks. So I think the Spurs have an easy close to their season, and it's not as rigorous or tough a schedule against the top tiered opponents that the Lakers or even the Clippers or the Kings have, which is why I kind of narrowed it down to the Clippers and the Kings as the Lakers main obstacles in reaching the playoffs. But having said that, look, It could very well be the case that the Spurs kind of stumble, they get some injuries, and the Lakers just hit a hot streak, right? I know 538 and nylon calculus and all this stuff say that the Lakers only have a 6% chance at making the playoffs. And for me, I totally ignore that because 6%, we, we just have to look at the Clippers and the Kings and make sure that we have a better stretch than them to close out our next 23 to 25 games and that's all that really matters and if they can just do that and especially and it starts with winning their first three out of their four games out of the gate or maybe even winning all four of them they'll be on the right track and they'll be ready to go from there and um, momentum is a crazy thing having LeBron James on your team is a crazy thing and if we can get the LeBron James we saw to end that all-star game and hopefully that all-star game with Team LeBron was a microcosm of the season. Starting off slow, sort of stumbling, and then LeBron James saying, enough is enough, I'm going to kick it into high gear, I'm going to actually try, and we're going to win the game. Pretty handily. So, let's hope for that for the Lakers, and uh, I'm going to stop talking. How to Train Your Dragon Hidden World is out this weekend. Go have some fun. Let's celebrate with the Lakers winning a few games as well. With that said, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Pod. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Also, we are now on Spotify, so make sure to search us on there as well. And I will talk to you guys again soon with hopefully Tommy and or Alan. Alan hasn't been on in a while, and he hasn't done the Zubats impression for us. So we're going to need to wrangle him up here and do some I love basketball. He obviously can do it better than me. All right. Catch you guys later. Peace. (laughs)